Hey there, friends. It's Renee Johnson here with the Rosie Hour Podcast. And this week, we have two amazing guests. Yes! Ariana Harrell, who's also known as Rosé and Jamray on Instagram, and the amazing, fantastic, on this upcoming season of Marrying Millions, and also a winemaker, creator, extravagant bottle-producing wine, <laughs> Rodney Foster of Eli's Wines. Pew, 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 pew. You can tell I'm really excited. Everybody drink rosé, rosé. So we sip rosé. We gonna sip rosé, rosé. Sip rosé. Baby girl, she don't play, don't play. So we sip rosé. Hey there, friends. It's a raspy-ish voice that I have this morning. But hey, it's Renee and... It's me, Ben. Bartender Ben! Yay! I love changing these intros up and just kind of hopping in and out. Saying stuff. Well, I mean, you know, I try to give as many adjectives as possible, but I think my adjective box is not flowing today. Hey, it's all good. I love how you, you be picking up people in the morning. Everybody makes me feel good. Start the day off, you know. On a positive note. So you know what? We're going to dig up Renee today. Renee is an amazing, beautiful woman with a big, 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 big brain. If you're thinking about a lot of big, big, big stuff. Am I want like to make that? a lot of big, big, big change in the world. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Renee. Uh-huh. Oh, damn, wrong one. Where's no, the that's clap? it. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, I want the clap right there. Hey, everybody get a round of applause. You know, this lady is a smart lady. I don't think a lot of times people be like, you know, they don't really know the contributions she's made already. You know what I'm saying? To um, the lobbying space, um, especially being a black lobbyist in that space. It's not a lot of black lobbyists in the space. Yes, black lobbyists, lawyers matter. Right. You can make a t-shirt about that, like black lawyer, lobbyists matter. For real. Yeah. Um, she's doing a lot of help in the small business space to get money into black business owners' hands. So, for real, just salute to you, young lady. You keep up the good fight. Well, thank you. Yeah, you do that. When you said I have a big, big brain... I'm such a 90s kid. You know where I went to in my head, right? Wait, that Ninja Turtle dude? No. Oh, with the brain, <laughs> with the brain in the stomach? Hell yeah. No, I didn't think of him. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that you said that. He was one of the friends of Master Shredder. Um, yes, he was. I was he actually... He was the brain. Yeah, he was the brain, right. <laughs> he, was, he was that dude. <laughs> he coined his own name. Well, both of them was that dude because he had like a... Well, I don't know. That's his... Brain was in the body, but did the body talk to? Yes, no, yeah, the body was, I think, like a little slow. Yeah, yeah, well, he, but the he, brain was like, I'm in the wrong place, so I can't really control anything. Right, well, he would kick his shit, he would talk crap to people. I dig it right from the stomach, man. Shout out to Ninja Turtles for crazy characters. But that's but, uh, not who I was thinking love. of from the 90s. <laughs> I was thinking of actually, drum roll, Pinky mm. and the Brain. Oh, come on. Cause his his head was huge. Man, come on, man. We on te- we on, on, on video. Oh, what is it? Audio. Yes. People will hear this, man. Man, that's what my brain. Okay, so all right. Come on, man. 
<laughs> you don't have no big head, man. You just have a lot of big thoughts, and they just no, no. I was saying like my thought was like I you did. said big, big brain. I was like Pinky in the brain. Pinky in the brain. So who the hell is a uh, Pinky then? Narf. I'm don't... Pinky. No, God I didn't say that. <laughs> they put the boo button on here. Oh, ain't no boo button on there. There you go. Come yeah. on, man. I, I will. I'll be Pinky. Her brain is super bigger than mine. She said I had a peanut head the other day. Well, I mean, your head is kind of small. I lost a couple pounds, and uh, now I'm, 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 my head is skinny and long and big or whatever she said. I dig it, man, you know. Well, everybody didn't gain the quarantine 15, so you should be happy. Hey, I, yeah, shout out, whatever. <laughs> to, nope. not, to not, you know, putting it on. Damn, you said my head skinny and little. Well, I mean, that's a great thing. That means you can fit all kinds of T-shirts, turtlenecks, sweaters. Like, this winter, you're going to be lit. What? Come on, man. Come on, man. Let's just go ahead. <laughs> what are we drinking? What's well, what is the story? So today we have two great guests, as we <laughs> mentioned. We have uh, Ariana um, Harrell, who on Instagram has a huge following and does a lot in the space of rosé and like lifestyle branding. And she's super awesome. We talked about Insecure. Uh, but also we talked to Rodney Foster, who I, I'm i just like a huge fan of. And he is actually going to be on a show called Marrying Millions that premieres August 5th. Oh, man. Yeah. And, okay. he, and he owns Edelheiss Wines. And so we're drinking their sparkling rosé today. Woo! Man. And, you know, it's originally from Germany. Germany. Um, it's a south-facing slope vineyard uh, where this is from. The grapes are Pinot Noir, Portuguese rosé. Uh, the soil has lime, low, and lost the alcohol content, which we all know is your favorite part, is 11.5. Mm. Pew, pew, pew. Mm. And it has uh, Cass's aromas, fruity, spicy, and, of course, sparkling. Damn. Good. You know, um, I don't know if the listeners know that I do drink the rosé in the morning when we are filming this podcast. So I hope you guys aren't judging me. I mean, it's the quarantine, so... And it's also, I think to me, it's the, one of the best times to try rosé. You know, you wake up in the morning. Fresh palate. Fresh palate. You enjoy it. You taste the fruits and berries. The juices and berries. The juices and berries. Right, right. <laughs> you, can taste, you can taste the elements of the wine uh, a little better than if you had a full day of eating. Well, random thing. as Willie Joe would say, mo' better. Mo' better. Mo' better. Yes. This wine is a little bit more better than the other wines. No, I ain't gonna say that. I think I like it. It's up there. Fizzles. It's good. <laughs> it sparkles. It fizzles. Man. It's clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I, there's a lot of adjectives. Our adjective box is not on this morning. Man, just know it's good. Go get your bottle. What's the name of it again? Edelheiss Wine is the sparkling rose. So you look at the bottle, it's like it got like. Like, a cork on it. Yeah, the cork is amazing. And then also, too, it has like nice, like a full type of lime on it. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a little a, see-through. But all of his bottles are like that. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. it's like the different side of uh, rosé. You know, you, you see the wines that's like really, really like upscale and make you feel rich when you drink it. Mm-hmm. This makes me feel like a, like a mystery or something. Like yeah. I may turn into like a... 
uh, it's uh, like an elixir. Yeah, like I may turn into like a, a plant or something and go, uh, you know, bite somebody or something. I don't oh, know. Okay, like, well, not that. I may maybe, turn into like maybe a, a crazy like wine, uh, like what is those things, the tentacles that come out like a uh, horror story? Okay, I don't know anything that's scary. No, it's all good, but you know, uh, <laughs> the listeners know what I'm talking about. You know, I have my little tentacles that come out of my, my big plant. I feel like I turn into one of those. So like, are you like, feed me, Seymour? Yes, like, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the exact. The flower. Yes, the, I forgot. What was the it, the Venus flytrap? Yeah, I feel like you drink enough of that, you probably gonna turn into one of those. And, uh, yeah. Little shop, little shop of horror. Speaking of horrors. Oh my God. That was a great segue. Speaking of horrors, uh, Kanye. Come on, man. Now, I am a Chicagoan, as all of you know. Um, and you don't count. I, 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 you know, we, we're having a tough time in the 2000s uh, with our artists and our uh, amazing people from Chicago. You know, we had the R. Kelly, you know, drama. So now he's canceled. So we only got about 13 other people, you know, and Common don't count because Common fake want to be from New York. Um, yeah. Lupe Fiasco, nobody even knows what happened to him. Chief Key is gang culture and uh, he don't even know what he's doing no more. So like Kanye was supposed to be like, you know, Kanye easy. The last one left. Yeah, the last of the Mohicans. And like this foolishness, this mother... He gone too, man. And, and you know what's the thing about it, though? If people are talking about mental health and stuff, sometimes, man, you just got to uh, hold people back and it's like, you know, you can't do this. The moment yeah. he was going to come out there in a, in a bulletproof vest with a polo shirt on. With 2020 shaved into his head. Like, that's kind of permanent for like a couple weeks. Like, I mean, what, what kind of presidential message are you sending, bro? Is this like a, a, a Taliban uh, video? To me, it sounded like he was yeah. trying to put out like this, this terrorist message. Like, why you got a bulletproof vest on, bro? And like before he even spoke, yeah, it was like the and, visuals you're you're and giving. You, and let me correct, that wasn't even a bulletproof vest. It was a flak jacket. It was a military flak jacket that holds sappy plates. What what do you do? What, you, are you really are you in a combat situation that you wear sappy plates? Like what is, like what message are you sending, bro? Like yeah. you're not in the military. This is not a military uh, uh, campaign. This, yeah, this isn't a militia thing, right? And you're not even in a, a militarized zone to where you would require sappy plates that can absorb explosion, shrapnel, and a, a, a shot from a, a, a rifle. What are you doing, bro? Yeah. So I, I just wanted just to start from the beginning. The visual. Well, let's start with the right. fact that. You didn't even get into the. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm spinning a chair and messing up bartender Ben's cord. So there we go. I'm a, I'm gonna just stop spinning it. Um, he didn't even like go through the process properly to even file to run for president. Like he is not part of a party, a part of a ticket. He's not on the ballot for 2020. So I think he only made one state. I think it's like Oklahoma. So those of you in Oklahoma. Like y'all had enough suffering in your state already. You had the Oklahoma City, the uh, the the Black Wall Street bombing 99 years ago. This is not something to commemorate that by voting for ye. I mean, I don't think. It, I mean, one, we need to get Trump out of office and don't get no clown your your vote, man. Just this time, vote to get Trump out. Damn, whoever's next would figure it out. Get this fool out of office before we get uh, all smoke checked. Yeah. By something. Like, he's setting us up for something. This dude. 
something, as he said, bigly is going to happen. Right, and we need to bigly get him out of there. So don't be voting for no Kanye. It's going to be a Trump puppet. Don't write him in. Don't talk about him. We should stop giving him a platform. And, you know, to be honest, there's a mental health issue that is horribly brewing. And I'm I I just feel bad because you do, it, it goes to show you no matter how much money you have you can have the as he said or Jay says uh, you have the baddest chick in the game. Well, she's so worried about her own profile and herself. Um, I I don't know their you know bedtime conversations, but clearly she's not holding him back. Well, I mean you know just some women that that men come into an encounter are just depleters. You know, they enter your life, they see you at a high point, and they just take from you. They're not there to replenish what was there, watered. You know, as people say, water the flowers, looking for. They're not there to do that. They didn't go to pick all the fruit off of it. Once it's not, you know, yielding fruit no more, they walk over to another tree. She's a direct descendant of Eve. You feel what I'm saying? So. She's defying God. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I mean, it's just, I think uh, some of these guys, man, um, need to choose their partner wisely. And it's not just about what they look like. It's really about what they can do. You know, um, I was having a conversation um, with some young men the other day about your queen is the most powerful piece on your chessboard. And you as a king, you're the most vulnerable piece on the chessboard. So you need to have a strong partner that's going to be able to move that chessboard and do things that you're not able to do. Go in rooms and and, 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 and and speak about what you're doing that you can't do. So now if you're picking somebody that's not able to be a carrier of your message as you go out there, you're just you're weak. You can't move around, you know. Um, and not saying men aren't doing anything as kings. It's just that our position is different. So when you, you go out there like a Kanye and this queen is allowing him to do that, why are you over there getting checked? Why are you moving out the box like that? Why are you looking yeah. crazy? You know, I mean, and I think, you know, especially with men that have significant others and, and wives, girlfriends, fiancés in their life, and that person allow you to do that and drop them. You know, they should be able to get into your grill and be like, dude, sit your ass down, man. You're not, you're not mentally here for that. You're not ready. You got, we got these, ba- we got a whole tribe of babies. That you're embarrassing right now. You have a whole race of people that you're embarrassing right now. You I, have a whole family lineage that you're embarrassing right now. Yeah. Yourself, you're making yourself like a fucking clown. That's what he's doing right now. And it's embarrassing. And we need to stop you know, making these remix videos about these black people. And I'm speaking to us as black people right now. All these memes celebrating this silly ass behavior. We need to curb it. Yeah, we shouldn't be giving him this platform. Don't be right. And, and more so, I like what Dave Chappelle did. Um, you know, he actually went out to check on Kanye. And I don't think they're really best friends or really cool friends, but I think he's a, a star to another star, celebrity to another celebrity who sees another black man breaking as he was breaking, right? And I think, you know, Dave had some good people and some good sense where he was like, I gotta go before it gets to a level like what we're seeing with Kanye. And I mean, this goes to the circle you keep around you. Like no one is telling you this is a bad idea. 
No one's like, hey. And I mean, there was a little black girl that was on the stage hyping him up, talking craziness too. And I say craziness in the words that they were using, not the behavior that they were displaying. I mean, saying Harriet Tubman the free slaves. Like, why even bring that up, bro? Like, like, what are you, like, what are you saying, man? You One just that's minimized not a tr- the not only the the Underground Railroad. You don't only minimize the suffrage of already the slaves that you've mentioned before that slavery was a choice. You not only minimize the work that slaves did to build the White House that you went into and called the president that hates black people, daddy. Like, yo, you have minimized not only yourself. But anything you've said, right? Because you have no, you have no weight. Like you, you're you're trying to minimize everything that came before you. Right. I mean, but I think at this point, people aren't even listening and taking in the message. It's sad because it's just like, dude, they just make it funny, and you don't even see it. And 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 that's what I was saying. Goes back to the to the people in your household, but primarily your queen, the 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 woman that you uh, confide in. Man, uh, that girl, what's her name with all the fake lips and all that? Kim Kardashian. Man, she don't give a damn about that dude. And she's just going to let that man crash and burn, man. Any woman that care about somebody ain't going to let them out there on, on damn camera doing that. I don't care. I don't care how busy you are, what you got going on. You love somebody, you're not going to let him go out there in a damn black polo, a damn desert, sat, uh, 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 um, damn, uh, flag jacket and talk this crazy ass shit. You're not going to let him do that. Nothing about what that was set up looked presidential at all. Nothing. Nothing, nothing about it, dude. You know how to wear a damn suit. You supposed to be designing clothes, right? Well, and not only that, you know? like, and people have moved away from a full-blown suit, okay? Well, but, but even so, it's still a nice shirt, right? A right. nice shirt, some je- some slacks, because you, you still need to look presidential because right. this is bigger than just trying to save the kids, man, and listen to the kids. It's more about how do we fare against other nations, and right. I think that's a huge thing that he's missing in this moment is this is bigger than just the U.S. Right. The president is also the leader of the free world. Right. And if you can't get it together, like you shave in 2020, what you going to shave next in your head? Man, I mean... Tariff codes? Like, to, what are you I doing? Mean, to be honest, <clears throat> him being a rapper, he can do that. Him being a producer, he can do that. He can't do that as a presidential candidate. Right. Not Especially not a black one. You can't do that no black one. Hey, you know, maybe these young, you know, white progressive dudes, they can pull it off, you know. Maybe they can't. No I, one I mean, can. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they got a better... His black ass can't do it. Well, so, you I know, just... And, and, um, no, I mean, I just think that it, the people around him are failing him. And going back to the Dave Chappelle thing, I was looking at a clip, an interview that he, he did, um, talking about why he left and people want to call him crazy because they don't understand how can you walk away from 50 million yeah and he's like my mental health sanity and my personal inner peace is more important than this 50 million I can get 50 million another way and he did and the reason why he said that and and, and, and I'm like we, we, people are trying to compare uh, compare um, Kanye to Dave Chappelle no Dave Chappelle was in control of his decision that he made Kanye out here just just, just just doing whatever you want to do. Dave Chappelle was like, he was doing one of the sketches. He said that uh, the sketch that he was working on was like a, a black pixie that was in blackface that would uh, either say racist stuff or whatever. 
And he was like the laugh that one of the writers in the room gave. He said it was the, he ain't never seen that in all of his years of comedy, that type of laugh. Mm-hmm. That laugh that that man gave to that was the reason why he left. You know? Yeah. Because so, the true emotion was like, it's okay at that point. And that was back in what, 2000? Right. And like four or three or something right. like that. So, right. And that, I applaud that decision. You know what I'm saying? Because being controlled of how you make your money, being controlled of what you do. Well, um, I know this is going to sound random that I throw this line out, but from a great movie, The Players Club, and I quote, make the money, don't let it make you. Facts. You Strippers know. have that code. <laughs> right. So if they can have this code, I think, Kanye, you need to have it too. And yeah, shout out to Dave Chappelle because I think... I think he's done so much more universally for black people than Kanye's music has right now. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, we all laughed at all the sketches he did. Like he did the racist black guy that was blind that didn't know he was black. Um, I mean, but like there was a, a message behind that. Right. There was a huge message behind that. And if people didn't pick up that message, then they need to rewatch this kid again and understand how covert and overt racism was because the guy was still facing racism as a black man who thought he was white. And they was doing all the uh, racist white things right. He's yeah. probably their best Klansman. <laughs> they, and they, they, they were like, he was, because they were like, take off your hood. And when he did, people's heads exploded. Yeah, I, yeah, in the episode, yeah, one white dude head did blow up. Um, that was cool. <laughs> uh, so was to kind of, to to those who are, you know, and, and I think the lesson too we can take from Kanye, um, before we get into our first episode with our first interview with Ariana, um, I think people should check their friends, right? I think right now in the time that we're in, in the way world is moving. We don't do enough of that mm-hmm. and checking people's pulses and making sure, like, are you okay? I mean, we also saw this on Insecure with... Um, Amanda Steele's character. Yeah. And, and like, she was going through postpartum and suffering in silence, right? And people were like, are you okay? She was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I just need to get away. But all the comments she was making were like, girl. She was like, I want... And, like, people didn't even realize she was saying it. I think the first time we watched the episode... But like I rewatched a couple and like she was literally all season like, I want to leave this baby at the grocery store and walk away. That's a quote that she said. And I don't even think it registered the first time I saw that episode. Like she did that all season when she had the baby. And so that's what I'm saying, like to to everyone out there, regardless of your nationality, color, creed, religion, check on your people and really check on them. Don't just ask, are you okay?" to just say, are you okay?" Because people are going to tell you yes. Right. You got to listen to the context clues, the words, the tone. You really got to be tuned into the people you care about. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, you really, you know, really, really pay attention to the words people use. Um, because people choose the words they use for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, that will really, you know, let you know to know what the problem is. You really, really pay attention and tap in. Yeah. And if you feel like you're suffering in silence or, you feel like there's some mental health issues or you need someone to talk to. There's plenty of hotlines. 
um, you know, we have Dr. Jamika Moore on hand too, uh, who's a behavioral doctor, and we could definitely connect you to her for resources. Um, but you know, reach out to us. We're here. Like we may not know you, or we may know you. It doesn't matter. It's all confidential. I just think at this time in life, you know. Um, and also like, oh, I forgot to mention this. We do know someone who actually was like murdered recently in DC. Right. And that situation has just been also weighing on a lot of people heavily. And so like you're going through that right now. If you know someone who died of COVID, which we both had people in our family die of COVID, like it's a lot happening right now. And so like if you need to talk, if you feel like you're something you need to do to get out of this space reach out and not and like yeah we're not professionals we'll connect you to resources but if there's you know resources in community or whatever reach out reach out to your friends um because it, it it's hard and nobody can can solve these issues by themselves at all period you know and um maybe that's something we can work on and something that, that's like a hotline but don't really feel like a hot yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I don't know. I, I never had these thoughts where I had was compelled to have to call someone. But I would look at it like I don't know if I want to just call the Wayne Hunter number. Just talk to some people that I don't, you know, I don't know if they even care. Maybe they waiting to get off their shift. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, and most um, of them are trained psychologists, hey, social workers, and yeah. But I mean, we see, we see. A lot of what that space yields too, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of shout outs. A lot of people that's doing the good work in that space, but there's also people that just getting a check. You see, them, you know, they do. It's, it's like an office job. Well, and to those people, we say boo. But there are good people. There are some good resources, right. and I think yes to that point. And especially since next week we're doing our Black Vets show, um, and we're celebrating Black veterans. You know, there's a lot of resources too uh, to help fight uh, and combat some of the issues that many of our, our amazing black veterans who served our country, but the country doesn't serve, um, need and also they help provide. So mm-hmm. we can look into that and maybe bring that up next week too. And bring it up every week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring it up every day, every minute. Let's talk about it. Because you know what? Every, what, 22 seconds a vet commits suicide. Yep. Um, That's that- a very scary Bam, someone just dead right now. Yeah. I mean, if you just, you know, to understand the gravity of it. Oh. Almost. Not yet. Wait, wait. Bam. Okay. You know what I mean? So, when you're dealing with stuff like that, you really got to really, 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 really pay attention to that. And we got to protect our so-called heroes that we say that, you know, we, we, we appreciate your service. It's one just to say that out in front of a whole bunch of people to make sure you look good. But it's another thing when you get in there and, and you put your hands on a vet and, and, and do some good work. Yeah. You know, um, these people need it. And you're like, oh, well, where are they at? Man, go to the VA. Yeah. You see a lot of broken vets in there just hanging out because you know why? They ain't got nowhere else to go. They're hanging there until they throw them out and then they go be homeless for the rest of the day. And, and, yeah. and we don't, and we, we need to do better um, by veterans. Um, and also to help put, putting the black veteran back in the, in the right space. You know, uh, we talked about, I believe, last week, you know, um, The Color of Law in the book about the jury racism and redlining and how systematically, you know, the black race, I mean, the black people and the black community in uh, Folsom, California and in Compton, California, you know, went from a, a upper class 
um, wealthy black neighborhood to a gang-ridden spot. Yeah. Even in that, you know, a lot of the, the economic power that comes back into the community is from the vet space because they come back with benefits and they're able to, to get property and they do things. But back during that time, you know, World War II, vets were fighting and then they would come back and they didn't have the VA loan. Yep. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to get this house without a VA loan. Yeah. And, and, the, and the guarantees that come with it, you know what I mean, after honorably serving your country. So, um, it, there's definitely a need. I know we're, we're working on what we're working on, um, but I think this is something that the whole nation needs to pick up. The whole world needs to pick up. Yeah, and I you think, know. too, if you, again, um, are a black vet, you know a black vet, you want to just be a support to black vets, please reach out to us at Renee at the Um, You can Instagram us, tweet us, Facebook us, we see it all. We know it all. We will be in contact. And we really do get back in contact with you within yeah. like less than a day. So, yeah. We're really serious about this issue. And we're really serious about helping. So even, you know, you just hit, hit the uh, line up. Hey, man, I got a question about something. You know, um, Renee, you see it. I mean, a lot of people come in here and they, we just talk about things. Mm-hmm. My door is open to anybody that want to talk. You know, I'm a black veteran. And, you know, there's a lot of resources available to us that we don't know. And a lot of, you know, the TAPS and TEMPS classes that we get coming out of the military don't really paint the whole picture of what it's going to be like getting out the military. You know, I was talking to um, one of my buddies, you know, Mac that came by. Mm-hmm. Over, uh, we, he just got out. Shout out to him. Yay! He got his freedom papers. You know what I mean? Yay. Uh, proud of dude, man. Really smart dude. Got and he lives in Richmond, yeah. Mm-hmm. Virginia, yeah. You know, and just, you know, just talking to him like, hey, man, making sure that you get all your benefits. You know, making sure that you do file for unemployment when you get out. Um, making sure you do make that, that uh, medical appointment and your disabilities are recorded so you can get paid for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So making sure you're doing the proper things or, you know, applying your exit of the military service. Um, you know, making sure you have your medical record, a copy of your medical record, always with you, you know. Um, making sure you have a copy of DD-214, all the pages to it, because you're going to need it later, you know. Um, if you are a vet with um, benefits, get you that Schedule A letter. Just have that on deck, so when you get that job, you can go ahead and get that 10%, especially if you're working for a government position. You know, just stuff like that. That when you get out, it's not so scary. Because, yeah. I mean, when I got out, I kind of have, like, you know, not to be cra- uh, sound, be funny enough, but I had, like, that slave mentality. Literally, I left the base, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I literally freaked out the next day because I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was like, well, what clothes I put on? I'm used to putting on my camis and, and getting ready to go in. I don't know what to do. Yeah, because you've been indoctrinated to the yeah. institution. And there's no unindoctrination. Right. So, you know, and and, and, and vets spend years doing it on their own mentally, just trying to reacclimate or try to yeah, reacclimate themselves to a world they don't understand. And people doing this crazy shit. You're like, why are you doing this? And, you know, it, it's a level of, you know, we have to conform back after being programmed minute by minute of your service that, hey, living like this is the correct way. This is how you get things done. And then you come out of it where people aren't organized at all. There isn't any institution 
And that's why a lot of vets commit suicide because it's like I don't they don't understand. Or the skill set that they learn in the military, whether it's killing another human being or building instruments to kill other human beings. A lot sometimes those jobs don't translate. Mm-hmm. So now you get lost in the shuffle trying to get out of the military and find something that you're good at. And you know, you went in there as a, a, a kid. Like I went in the military as a kid. You know, so the only skill I knew was that and building bombs and clearing rooms. I didn't know anything else. Yeah. So coming out, like I had to go to school, learn a whole nother skill, you know, learn how to deal with people that weren't in the military as adults, because I never experienced life as an adult man outside of a military institution. So it was a lot of change that, that I had to experience. I know all the other veterans, black, white or whatever, they go through that. So, you know, and just honing in on the black ones, hey, a lot of times you come back, you had a military service to a broken home and you got to use, you know, your resources to make sure that you create a, a better home than you came uh, came up in that you return to. So um, definitely June, what was it? Uh, July, July, July 30th. July 30th. July 30th, you know what I'm saying? Uh, make sure you tap in. I think we're going to be doing something all day. Um, yeah, so we'll be doing some social media all day. And then also our Thursday um, happy hour, virtual happy hour. Um, since we're socially distancing, we're trying to see if maybe we can gather somewhere uh, locally here in the district. Um, but we will we will be posting about that if, if so. But we'll be doing the virtual happy hour either live from Fairhill Studios or from a venue in the District of Columbia. Right. And we're going to have some uh, black veterans live here Um so you can kind of see what a black veteran looked like. I know that looked sounded kind of funny, but you know, I, I think people really need to see like, hey, this is what a black veteran looked like. It's not some poster. It's not some picture you see uh, on Memorial Day or Veterans Day or something. Like, nah, these are real people that that you know. You may not even know they were in military service. So I think um, you know, I'm really really happy for July 30th. So we can kick that off. I'm happy for the day to even talk about it. I'm gonna talk about it every day because it's a topic we need to talk about. I know we need to wrap up and close out. Um, who are we interviewing again today, real quick? Ariana Harrell of oh Rose and Chambray. Right. And Rodney Foster of Allies Wines. Oh man, so I know you're ready to get into it. I know if you've been tired of him, you pump my pump my gums. I know. I think this was awesome, and I think a lot of people. Uh, feel a lot of ways uh, similar to what you said and you know we we have nothing but blessings and prayers up for uh, Kanye and anyone suffering from any issues including ourselves like I don't want to pay no picture like we ain't got no problems like everybody in the world got a problem and we all need some help so uh, prayers out to everybody you know um, I believe you know I have a, a high level of faith i don't know what you want to call it um so i just believe that you know to whoever you believe is your higher power um that you are blessed by them and that you're able to get through what you're going through um time is temporary um and it's always changing so just keeping to remember that that's something my dad told me um then when i was a kid and that didn't make any sense if you think time is temporary but it's forever changing what the what but like as an adult, it makes so much more sense now. And if it makes sense to you, that just means that some good things are about to bestow upon you. And, you know, just stay, stay the course. Be blessed. Boom. Yay. Boom. All right. Well, let's do our first interview with Ariana. Get it. Pew, 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 pew.
there, friends? It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today I'm here with one of the most amazing queens that you will see on Instagram. She has a title of Rose and Chambray. She's amazing. Originally from Florida, did some time in Los Angeles and now in the great state of South Carolina, giving you fashion, vibes, and all things good. The amazing Ariana. Yay! Yay! Hello! Thank you so much. <laughs> How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? You know, COVID, you know, I gained the COVID 15 times two. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we'll work it off in the in the summer months, whatever we want to consider this to be summer. So, <laughs> and yourself? Yeah, you know, quarantine has been quite interesting. Then, you know, working from home, catching a lot of TV. I heard we we're both insecure fans. Yes. Uh, yes. I love that show. It's so good. Um, I just watched the season finale last weekend. Okay, we're gonna take a timeout. Um, <laughs> yes, we're gonna talk about this real quick before we get into this interview. Your final thoughts of this season. Um very good, much better than the previous season because I was not thrilled with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but my boyfriend Doug predicted the end of this season like a few episodes before, which kind of ruined Ooh. it for me. Yes, uh, he's good. He's good if he yeah. predicted that because yeah, I didn't see the pregnant. I mean, it's not a spoiler alert. It's been out for two weeks now. If you haven't seen it, so yeah. <laughs> I, I I was so just like. Dang on it. They just can't get it together. Like, I feel I like that's like life for so many of my friends that I see dating and all. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Everything was just going too good, though. So, like, I knew something was going to happen because everything was going so yes. well for them. So, I'm like, it can't end, like, on this high of a note. Like, it cannot. something has got to go down. Right. And I thought, so for me, I thought, like, maybe... Like the job rescinded their offer or something like that because he usually has really bad luck. So yeah. I thought Lawrence was going to be like, or or that conversation that he supposedly had with Condola. I feel like that really didn't happen, and like they were like still seeing each other or something. So yeah, this was this was a lot better, I think, uh, for us to be in suspense than last season coming into this one. Yeah, agreed. I also thought that the friendship dynamic between Molly and Issa was really interesting and like very real. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. So that was like a really good storyline, I thought, um, this season. Oh, my God. Yes. And I feel like we don't talk about that enough, especially like in women of color relationships. Um, mm-hmm. And like, we're always thinking we have to be on for each other and all like dedicated and loyal. And like, we never break up and come back together. We're always angry or or... You know, like, we're always happy. It's not, you know, in between moments that we have. And I feel like it shined a light on it. But I also like how they shined a light on Tiffany, too. Um, yeah. With the, with mm-hmm. the PT, uh, postpartum. Um, yeah. Because we don't talk about that enough in our communities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was a great season overall, I think. Much better than the previous season. Yes, yes. Okay, now that we got that out the way. <laughs> <laughs> Ariana, can you please tell the people, like, who you are? What you do? Because you're so amazing. You and me are like best friends right now because I feel like <laughs> next season we're going to be doing like Instagram live like after the shows of Insecure or something because <laughs> you're so cool. But let tell everybody else why you're so cool. 
Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. Um, So yeah, so just going to tell like a little bit of background about me. So as you mentioned, I'm from Florida, Tampa, Florida, born and raised. Um, I went to the University of Florida in Gainesville. Um, I studied abroad in Florence, Italy, and that's where I fell in love with wine. Um, And then after college, I had uh, several different job offers um, all over the U.S. And I ended up picking a job at a tech startup um, in Los Angeles, which is is also where my boyfriend, Doug, uh, lived at the time. Aww. Yeah. So I boyfriend, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I moved there. I started, that's where I started my marketing career in tech. Um, So I had, it was a good run. Um, I really liked it, but... I really was feeling like I needed like something else and I really had a passion for wine. So initially I was like, I want to try to break into the wine industry. Like, how do I do that? So I started researching like, okay, how can I get more educated in wine? Um, so I was looking at like the sommelier path and then the um, like more like the wine marketing education path, which is um, the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. So since I was in marketing and I didn't really foresee myself like ever wanting to go into like the sommelier route, like mm-hmm. with service or anything, um, I ended up going the WSET route and I got my level two certification. So that was five years ago. So crazy. Wow. I know. Yeah. Um, but that was a really awesome experience. And um, that's kind of where I really like advanced my wine education. Um, and then two years later, um, I well, forever, I had been like wanting to start a blog and like I needed a creative outlet because um, in marketing, I mean, a lot of marketing is really cool and fun and creative. And um, especially if you're on like the branding side. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was really like more in the analytic side of marketing. So I really needed like a creative outlet. Um, so finally, one day I was just like, you know what? It's time to start this blog that I've been talking about forever. Like I'm literally just wasting time. Um, So in 2017, I launched uh, Rosé and Chambray. Yes. Um, Yes. So that has been such an awesome, um, just like passion project for me. Um, And it's really helped me become a better marketer too. um, Because there's just so much that you learn when you're building like your own brand, your own personal brand and growing out your, um, you know, your social media channels and doing projects like this that you wouldn't necessarily do like in your day job. So it's been a really cool um, experience. And I've been learning so much and getting to apply like things I'm learning in my job to my blog and things I'm learning in my blog to my job. Um, so I think if anything, starting a blog just helps make you a much more like well-rounded business person. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like, that's kind of cool because I think a lot of people are like, how do I use like a hard skill that I have for a job and connect that to a skill that I need for myself? So it's totally. really, really interesting to hear how you did that. And it, and it actually sort of like spirals back into your work life as well. Yeah, for sure. And I always tell people, um, if you do have a blog or you have some sort of a side hustle, like put that on your resume. Um, I have gotten a job based on my blog. I actually got a job at a marketing firm that represented wine brands and they 
selected me because of my experience with my blog and they loved my blog so much. So definitely don't like, I mean, of course, if you just want your blog to be just like a fun hobby, go for it. But you're, that's also like an amazing skill set, and it can bring a lot to a job, even if you might not think that it, it will. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and also like with the experience. So like, how has the experience been for you sort of making that like spiral into the two worlds? Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a lobbyist by day and then I do this by night. And I know I'm like a moonlighter. Um, and it's like, sometimes I accidentally like, like now bring up my work life and it's like yeah. boring, boring, boring. But then like at work, you know, one of my coworkers is like, oh, I saw your podcast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so like, how do you like under, like make those two wor- worlds merge and work together? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. So when I first started my blog, um, I was like really like in, like, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but I definitely <laughs> I, like, was, I am. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wasn't like public about it. Like I, I didn't have it on my resume. Like I, I tried to like hide it from my coworkers. Like I was like, I do not want you friend requesting me on Facebook yeah. or Instagram. <laughs> like, oh, you know my alias names. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was just kind of like timid about it. And like, I was just like, no, like these things, these two things are separate. Like, I don't want people knowing about like what I do in my free time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started working at the agency that I mentioned, and like they literally hired me because of my blog, then it's like everyone who had interviewed me, everyone at the agency already knew about my blog. And like, they were so supportive of it and like Aww. wanted me to incorporate like what I was doing and to work into my blog and, and vice versa. Um and then at that point, and at my current job now, um, I, I had my blog on my resume at the time. And my current, my now boss was like, really impressed by like everything and like how I was like, you know, able to build a brand and build a community. Um, and all of the new skills that I had now that I necessarily didn't have before having my blog. Um, so now it's like pretty, it's a pretty wide thing. We, I'm at a, I'm at a like, pretty small company right now and it's like totally remote um yes but my boss like knows everything like I told him today I was like yeah um I can't have this meeting I'm doing a podcast (laughs) (laughs) yes to the podcast like yes sorry you knew I have another life (laughs) (laughs) and he was like totally cool about it he was like oh that's really cool I'm like yeah thanks (laughs) yeah but it's like also they respect the boundaries and understand like you know, you're a person that has different layers. You're not a Shrek of the world, but you have different layers. And yeah. then, like, people are peeling the back and seeing and recognizing it and respecting it. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, it's a good thing to have passions outside of your job. And now that I'm like a little bit older and I've managed people, like I want my employees to have a, a hobby and a passion outside of work because it makes you be a better employee, a happier and more productive employee. So yes, that's very but, true. Yeah. But I mean, I've also been like, like lucky and to have 
really good bosses and really good um, companies that I've been working at that are like super supportive. I definitely know that not everyone has that, you know, same privilege. Um, So I think it's different for every person, but in my experience, like I always tell, I always encourage people to, you know, embrace it and, um, you know, make the most of it. Yes. And I love that. You're so positive. I love it. I love the energy. Yes. (laughs) So this question you may not have an answer for because you are so like just positive and like, you're probably gonna be like, Oh, I have, I have a knack for that. Um, you know, some, like you said, some people just do not have an encouraging boss or someone that understands, you know, like having a life outside of this and they want to do a blog and they want to like become a sommelier or what have you. Right. Um, what would you tell them they should or could or ought to do if they have a difficult boss that doesn't like respect those kind of boundaries for them to have a personal life? Yeah, that's so hard, but I've definitely been there. Um, (laughs) Well, what did you do? Um, you know, I, 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 I quit. (laughs) Hey, that might be the reason. That might be what it is, you know? (laughs) I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing that if you don't have another option. Um, But I will say that being miserable in a job is like, it's just not worth it um, in the long run. Um, If you are feeling miserable in a job and you're feeling like you have a boss that's not supportive um, and that isn't serving you and isn't going to help prepare propel you to where you want to be, like start looking, start applying, start networking, like reach out to people on LinkedIn, reach out to people on Instagram who you know are, you know, I don't know, in marketing in their day jobs or in in finance or in lobbying um, and make those connections because it's really, really important um, that, you know, you're, you put your, your mental health um, first. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I've definitely been there in a miserable job before and it is, it's soul sucking. It sucks. Yes. Don't uh, let your soul get sucked, honey. No. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, if you do want to stay there, I would just say, you know, you have to put on, you know, a good smile and just try to provide as much value um, as you can Yeah. Um, in your job so that, you know, so that you can at least you know, be learning and, um, making the most out of your situation. Like every job is an opportunity to learn something. So even if it's like an experience that you're not thrilled with and you're not happy, like just treat it as like free education. Like what can you learn? What can you gain? How is this going to help you get to the next spot in your career? Yeah, no. And that makes total sense. And, you know, I think that's very encouraging for some people because, you know, some people don't have people to tell them, you know what, if you're not happy to preserve your energy, uh, your mental space and get out of there, create an exit strategy. So you may have just saved a soul today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But now I'm in like, obviously, a much happier place and working on bigger, better things. Um, but you will get out of it if you're miserable in a job right now. Just, I promise you, it will get better and and things will get better for you. Yes, you're just such a ball of amazingness. Yes, we are here for you. <laughs> so... I, we, we could probably talk to you for hours um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time because you are a woman doing amazing and a lot of things. Um, so I wanted to, to just let you tell everybody what you're working on, 
uh, how can they connect with you, um, follow you and all of those amazing things to stay in the know of you? Yeah. Um, so what I'm working on, so it was actually my, our three-year blog anniversary um, recently. Yeah, on National Rosé Day. Um, so me and my uh, business partner, aka my boyfriend Doug, um, <laughs> created <laughs> we created this really fun video, Rosé and Chambray Three Ways. Um, so that was really fun. Um, one thing that I'm working on recently, and I'm sure a lot of people are, um, is just being like a more uh, conscious consumer, um, and a conscious influencer. Mm, um, so with, you know, all of the racism and, uh, horrible things going on in the world, I'm trying to make sure that I'm using my platform for good. Um, you know, spotlighting more black owned businesses, spotlighting more black voices, working with more, um, black owned brands in general. Um, I recently actually had a post go viral, which was really exciting. It was, um, a post highlighting, uh, like 30 different black owned wineries. Yes. Um, I know. I reshared that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that's on my Instagram. If you want to go check it out, um, at Roseanne Chambray. Um, but that's really what, um, and then also, uh, during quarantine, I went a little home decor crazy. Um, so I've been working, <laughs> working on that. I actually have like a flower wall. <laughs> on our on our patio it's very extra very me um, nothing but, about you is extra it is all mandatory <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll keep telling myself that yeah um, <laughs> tell anyone who who questions it's mandatory <laughs> yes um and then sorry what was the other question that you asked oh just how everybody can connect with you on social media and all of that in your blog and how they can find you yeah. So, um, so if you're like a 20 something or 30 something woman who loves wine, style, travel, home decor, et cetera, all the things that I love, um, then you'd probably love to join our community. Um, you can find me on my website at www.roseandchambray, um, and com. And then you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, at Roseanne Chambray. Um, I share all types of things, um, lots of lifestyle tips, everything from like the best TV shows, hint, Insecure is on that list, um, yes. <laughs> to sangria recipes, to packing lists, um, and more serious topics too. I've recently been talking a lot about racial justice, racism, diversity, and inclusion, um, things like that. But yeah, I would Love to have all of you uh, ladies join me. Yes, and you ladies better join because you can't sip rosé without chambray. <laughs> that just happened. <laughs> so I have to ask this question because it wouldn't be the rosé hour if we did it. What's your favorite rosé? Yes. So I like love and hate this question because it's just such a hard question. I know, I know. <laughs> um, so I can't name like my all time favorite Jose, but I have like favorites of the moment. Mm -hmm. um, so my favorite of the moment is the Summer in a Bottle Rosé from Wolfer Estate in uh, yes. Long Island, New York. It's so good. It's like such a like unique and interesting wine it has like a really cool like rich and savory component but it's also like 
fruity and like crisp and delicious and you can drink it like all year round. It's just so freaking good. Um, So I love that. And I actually highlighted that one in my um, Roseanne Chambray Three Ways video on my Instagram if you want to learn more about it there. Yes. And thank you for highlighting them because... I love what they're doing and we need to have this across the country. Their vineyard basically is like a pop-up shop as well. And like you could walk up to like a rosé truck essentially and like buy rosé on the spot. That's amazing. And their their labels are so cool. And I love them because they are, you know, vocal about social issues and their values align with mine, which is awesome. And I'm here for a good rosé in a social justice way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ariana, this has been so amazing. I, I just know we will have you back on. Um, and especially when Insecure comes back on uh, for its next uh, season. Because uh, we, we're going to have to do recaps. We're going to have to. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> many things are going to transpire in the next season. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yay. Well, thank you again so much for being here. We really appreciate your time uh, and all the gems you dropped. And, you know, you are so amazing. We really appreciate the work you've done. And, like, you are sort of a beacon, if you will, um, in this blogging rose wine world. And, you know, I just want to say thank you for all you've done because uh, you help open doors for people like me to be like, hey, girl, hey. And I really <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Um, And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yay! Cheers! Cheers! See ya! Wow, thank you so much, Ariana. We really appreciate you stopping by the Rose Hour podcast. We just really appreciate all the amazing gems you gave, life advice, work advice, and people following your dreams. Following your dreams. Right? Anywho, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, y'all, you don't want to miss all the ladies. We're talking with the one and only. German wine. Bottle has a cork on it. Rodney. Shot Of Edo Heist wine. DC. LA. New York. Sipping rose. Everything will be okay. Dubai. Sipping rose. We're going to sip rose. London. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And today, you're in for a treat. This is one of the best wines I've ever seen from the bottle. The fact that you can recork every bottle is so amazing because... You know how you at a party and you're like, oh, I want to drink this later and you want to recork it, but you don't have a stopper. Well, this one comes with it. It's so amazing. It's so delicious. None other than the founder of Edelweiss Wine, Rodney Foster. Yay! How are you? Good, Rodney. Thanks for joining us today. Anytime, anytime. Um, 
So you are just the most amazing wine maker, producer. <laughs> I've seen. It's so amazing and, and just awesome. How did you how did you get into this? Well, in 2011, I was vacationing in St. Moritz, Switzerland. I went over there to a polo match. It was called a polo snow, snow cup on ice. And they had playing polo on a frozen lake. Oh. <laughs> so it was freezing cold over there. That was actually my first time going over there. And, you know, a colleague told me that uh, once you get there, you have to try this wine that they heat up over there. It's called Gluevine. Mm. And at that time in 2011, I never even heard of Gluevine. I never even tasted any Gluevine before. So like the second day I was in St. Moritz, Switzerland, I found the location that sold it. So I told the waiter, I would like to try some of that Gluevine that he's serving other customers. Mm -hmm. And once I tried it, I had to sip it like three, four times to appreciate it mm. because it was more like a very bitter taste. Okay. And I was not used to drinking wine warm, like heated up. Mm -hmm. So by being cold out there, probably like the fifth sip, I was able to appreciate it because I started getting a little warmer. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... You know, during the whole trip, you know, it stayed in my mind about this wine. So I had made some, met some great people over there. So one of the guys I met over there, I was like, hey, I would like to create a rod like that and bring it back to the U.S. So he was like, you should. Even though it's a German wine, I wanted to create a name that was surrounding Switzerland. Mm. So he said, Edelheit. So I said, what does that mean? He said, it's a twist to the famous Swiss flower. Flower Edelweiss is a white flower that grows in the Alps of Switzerland. Ooh. So it's a twist and play on that. And I was like, great. So he said, what I wanted to do is I want to introduce you to my brother-in-law, who is German. He knows a lot about wines. His English is much better than, you know, his. Mm -hmm. And I want you to talk to him. So I talked to his brother you know, via email and told him what I wanted to do. And we had became business partners. Oh, nice. And he found the location in Germany that sold the kind of products that I have. He sent me the recipe. It's like a family tradition recipe. And, you know, me and my mom and a good friend of mine, we was in our kitchen cooking this wine, but we was tweaking it. So how I like to drink wine, I like more of the... Not sweeter like Moscato, but mm -hmm. some of the spawns. So we were just in the kitchen cooking it, and we finally got it to how I like it. We sent it to this venue in Germany. And just to make a long story short, they had produced the product that I have now. But when we got it into the U.S., no one was drinking it warm like it was supposed to because we're used to drinking red wine in a wine glass. Right. So we had to change the marketing up saying that many people enjoy room temperature in a wine glass, but you can heat it up like a like a mulled wine or hot tea or hot coffee. And you can also make sangrias with it as well, too. Ooh, I love yeah, all because, of that. <laughs> because it has the, you know, it's made with all natural spices, cinnamon, it has brandy in it. Oh. 
that makes sense yeah. now. It makes sense. Now, does yeah. every uh, wine that you make, are they all able to be served warm? No, because I have the sparkling white wine, which is like a champagne. Mm-hmm. And then I have the sparkling rosé, and then I'm coming out with a Riesling. What? Yes. You are blowing my mind right <laughs> now. So, And the Riesling is so good. It's not like a sweet Riesling. I had, like many people, tried. It's more on the Chardonnay side than a sweet Riesling. Ooh, I like that. I it's like very that. delicious. So I'm having some samples coming in probably about the beginning of the month. So I have to get you a bottle. Oh, please do. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're originally from the DMV area, correct? Born and raised in Washington, D.C. So how did uh, um, a person from the DMV, right, get into the wine industry like that involved? I mean, I know I hear your story, but it's <laughs> like, you know, I grew up in Chicago, so... We don't have wine or vineyards and no one talking about it. Like the interest to even get into the industry. Like I know you're saying like you met people, but like how did you get into that situation to be in Germany vacationing to meet people making wine? (laughs) Well, again, you know, I was went to um, St. Marie, Switzerland and just meeting people over there. You know, everybody was just so nice and generous. And, you know, we had met this um, owner of this restaurant all day over there and the general manager and the owner, you know, they was hanging out with me and my friends like we knew each other, mm. you know, for a while. So the general manager, um, we just, you know, struck up a friendship, him and his wife and his brother-in-law is, you know, was my ex-business partner. And whenever I go to Germany, I stay at their house, just, you know, catch up with them. And, you know, when, you know, his brother, my ex-business partner would come to D.C., he would stay at my house. So um, it was just like, you know, one big old family. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, living here in D.C., I've been here since 2005. Um, Uh I've been drinking your wine. I remember, not 2005, but I'll say maybe 2000 and like. 14, 15? Okay, yes. And the bottle, the bottling of it is so amazing. Um, I remember one of them is like a white, sleek bottle. And yes. it, oh my God, how did you come up with that branding? Well, actually, my ex-business partner, he is a graphic designer. He works for a marketing company over there in Germany. Mm. And he had when we started designing a bottle for the red wine, he sent me three bottles and he told me to pick one. So the one that I have now, I had picked out and I thought it was just so sleek and unique mm. and mm. no one would ever think that red wine is in an all white bottle. Yes. And that top is the, just a regular German beer top, like over in Germany, that's just a normal top over there. But I thought it would be cool and unique just to have a top that you never need a corkscrew. Yeah, it's because if you need a corkscrew, then you can't, and your corkscrew breaks because I'm getting there before. Yeah, <laughs> and you can reuse the bottle for other products once the wine is gone. I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God. Yes, I had people use it as a water bottle. They put oil in it. They put vinegar in it. They made vases out of it. So it's a very reusable bottle. Listen, I just, I look at it as I just need more. <laughs> 
<laughs> I appreciate it. It is so amazing and innovative. Like, it's so, so cool. So how many wines do you have? Right now, I have three. I have the red wine, which is a fortified red wine. And then I have the sparkling white wine, which is very comparable to like a champagne. I can't say champagne because it's not from the region of Champagne in France. Mm-hmm. So anything outside of that is a sparkling white wine, like say Bel Air. You know, everybody think Bel Air is a champagne, it but it's actually not. sparkling white wine. Mm-hmm. It's just the way that they package it. And the way my packaging is too, you would think it's a champagne. Oh, yeah, I get it. And and I sampled your rosé. Oh, yeah, it's delicious. Um, delicious is an understatement. <laughs> okay, I think I turned the bottle up trying to get more drop out. <laughs> it's so awesome. And it's not like sort of like what people would perceive as a rosé because it's a darker, darker yes. pink color, if you will. Yes, it's a more darker and... It just shows the um, the grapes better. Mm-hmm. Um, most rosés are more lighter, and this one is, has a deeper, darker color to it. Yes, and I love it. I love the deeper, darker color. Has <laughs> a deeper, darker color. <laughs> yeah, and it just shows well with the um, the packaging as well on the bottle. Yes, yes, because you can see the berries, and it's like some sort of fruit on it, and it just, yes. it just is so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I mean, your marketing is amazing. Now, Thank you. Now, I got to ask, I know you are on a TV show, is it? Yes, I am on the season two of Mary and Millions. On the airs August the 5th at 10 p.m. on the Lifetime Network. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited. Okay, so are you a candidate looking or any details on that? You have to watch the show to see. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. You have to watch the show. Okay, so August 5th, Marrying Millions. Yes, on the Lifetime Network at 10 p.m. Oh, I'm so excited. So have your Ella Heist wines ready, y'all, so you can drink and watch along. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to ask this other question. How Uh how has, like, the DMV received this wine? I know I see it at a lot of stores around here. But, like, what would you say sort of, like, um, the vibe is? Because, you know, D.C. is not really, like, a wine culture. I think it's trying to be, but, like... yeah. I get get a lot of support from, you know, because I'm born and raised here. Mm -hmm. So people do know me and I do get a lot of support. And then it's just word of mouth as well, too. So, you know, that's the best marketing tool you can get is word of mouth. And I always try to make sure I provide great customer service because, you know, customer service is really like the top of your business. Yes. yes. It can kill you or it can make you. Mm-hmm. So I always mm-hmm. try to make sure I'm providing great customer service, great product. The packaging is nice. So just the overall balance of a great product. Yeah. And it is a great product. I mean, again, Thank you. I just love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So if you haven't seen it, you people have to buy it. You got to buy it. Yes. Buy it. Yes. So how can people connect with you and also um, follow you and follow the company? Um, my personal page is on, um, 
IG is Rodney Foster. On Facebook is Rodney Foster. Twitter is Rodney E. Foster. Then I also have the Edelheiss Wine um, Instagram and Facebook page, which is Edelheiss Wine, E-D-E-L-H-E-I-S-S, Wine, W-I-N-E. Yes, I love it. And if people want to order, if they're not like, is it um, available in all like 50 states or... Not yet. We're working on, not yet. We're working on that. We're getting caught up in this, you know, the COVID-19. So a lot of distributors right now are just putting halt on to bringing on new brands. Mm -hmm. But you can always go to the website and order and it's www.edelheisswine.com. Yeah. So you can get it shipped to you. And you don't have to worry about going outside getting, you know, messed up in the COVID-19 situation. And have a beautiful bottle delivered to you. Yes. Case. Have a case delivered yes. to you. <laughs> well, Rodney, I always ask this question. I know you have your own rosé, but it's one of my favorite questions. It's Final Jeopardy. What's your, okay. what's your favorite rosé? Of course, you know, I got to say mine. <laughs> 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 of course, of course. And it is delicious. It's on the list of one of my favorites, too. I mean, it is delicious, y'all. It is very, very, very good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Rodney, this has been so much fun. And once COVID is over, we'd love to partner with you here in the DMV on some things. Uh, we're trying to do some rosé happy hours and rosé brunches. And we got some great venues, potentially like La Vie, uh, that we would love to partner with you out there. So we'll follow oh. up. <laughs> yeah, just let me know. I'm yes. I'm I'm with all that. Yes, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Well, we won't forget to mark our calendars for August 5th uh to see you on TV. And also we're gonna make some purchases. So we have some Edelheist wines while we watch you marry millions yes. or someone marrying your millions. I think that's what it is. <laughs> someone marrying yeah, your you millions. Yeah, you gotta watch, you gotta watch the show. <laughs> you see, I'm trying to like figure it out. Like, uh, which one? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's so, it's so funny because, you know, that's like I said at the beginning of the interview, I'm glad we're doing the audio because I have stuff, you know, I need to go to L.A. this weekend to film and I just have stuff everywhere. It's like, you know, I, sometimes I just hate traveling because you're trying to pull stuff together and mm-hmm. it's like, uh Yeah, and I'm glad we are doing audio too because I don't think I've put on makeup since March. Yeah. That's not a good thing to say out loud. <laughs> but it's all good, though. Yes, yes. This too shall pass. <laughs> yes, it shall pass, too. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Rodney. We can't wait to partner with you and see you on August 5th on uh, Mary Millions. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks so much, Rodney, for joining us today. And I can't wait for August 5th. So everybody tune in to Mary Millions on August 5th. You don't want to miss that you get to see Rodney. And also go to your local liquor stores, Adelheist Wines. Also go on his website, check it out. And also he has even another wine coming out. Like, how cool is that? Yes! 
want to thank our other guys, Ariana, for joining us today with Rose and Chambray. Follow her on Instagram. Also follow Alhais Wine, as well as Rodney Foster. And don't forget to follow us. <laughs> the Rosie Hour Podcast here on Instagram. And don't forget, each and every Wednesday, we're bringing you another episode of two amazing people doing two amazing different things. One in the industry of wine and distribution and all of that. And someone who's just so freaking cool in another industry. How dope is that, right? Want to also shout out Martin who has an upcoming birthday in August. So can't wait for that episode. Lots of fun. And don't forget to check us out next Thursday, July 30th, on our virtual happy hour as we salute. That's a horrible salute. But you get what I'm trying to do. To our black veterans, we are going to celebrate oftentimes those who are not celebrated and who have fought for our country. Uh, and even though our country hasn't fought for them. So if you know black black organizations, know some names of people that you want to like for us to honor, shoot them over to Renee at the Rosie and join us for a virtual happy hour next Thursday on I 